This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. All right, so we will continue on this teaching that I started on last Sunday around, it really is a continuation of our pastor's message around, Are You Prepared?, and I just added some, some notes to this around the teaching I did around, is there not a cause? Because I, I love looking at David's life and, and things that transpire in his life because I love how the Bible gives us a, an opportunity to see the life of this man, right? From the time when he showed up on the scene as a youth to the time he passed away, he went on. I mean, you see the, you see the progression of David's life. And that's why I say I thank God he used David's life, not mine, right? Cause, you know, it's, but it's parallel. It's good things we can learn. From him and how he was prepared for things and, and really the focus on this area that I'm looking at is around challenges. Are you prepared for, for the challenge? Um, and so our, our, our pastor did a teaching on, on this and again asked different questions about are you prepared? And in that teaching the questions were, am I awake? Is your heart ready? Are you prepared to make the commitment? Are you prepared to obey? Are you prepared to set things in order? Are you prepared for the challenge? And am I prepared to establish the will of God or finish the work that God has uh, called me to do? And so in this teaching that our pastor already went forward, again, the thing that I wanted to, to bring out was, are you prepared for the challenge? And, and the reason why this stuck really, really with me around challenges because, you know, some of the things we do in life are, are Things we can think about, things we can analyze, things we can, we can go forth and say, oh yeah, that, that sounds good. Oh yeah, that's, that's great. Oh yeah, I'm going to do that. But then when it comes to challenges, understand, the challenges is gonna, are distractions that take you off focus. So to me, the challenges are the reality that happens. You know, in other words, life happens. That's when reality hits. You know, you have all those great plans, you have all those things. You know, my, my, my plan is I'm, I love the Lord God, I'm going to walk with God, and then all of a sudden here comes life. Right? And then now, now you're going to stay focused. You know, here comes the disappointments. Here, here comes the hurts. You know, things you thought you were going to get, you didn't get. Things you thought you were going to do didn't happen. But are you going to stay with God? See, this means are you prepared for the challenge? You know, because you don't get what you thought uh, or what you wanted, are you going to move away from God? Are you not going to fulfill God's plan and His purpose? Are you not going to be a finisher now because life happened? See, that's what I like about this. These are the reality uh, that we all have to deal with. Are you prepared for the challenges? So we'll open up out of Hebrews chapter 11. That was the foundation of Scripture before Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. And it says, By faith, Noah being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So, I mean, again, this scripture, I mean, the word of God is always powerful, right? I love these, how God words these things in, in the, the King James Version, right? He says, by faith, Noah. Right? Then he says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God. Again, that's what we're talking about. You know, God is warning us. 
You know, but how do you know it's God warning us? By faith. That means I have to trust and believe it's God. So by faith, God is warning us. God is warning us that there's some things to come. That something is coming next. God is warning us. You know, people, you know, that's why I always amaze me. People, after the fact, people say, only if I knew. Only if I knew that was going to happen. Like, God, like, I warned you, I told you, but you wouldn't listen to me. Why? Because it wasn't by faith. You know, that means you were caught up in your flesh. You were caught up in your day-to-day activities. Like I said, you're caught up in the routine of life. And then in your mind, God just showed up all of a sudden without warning you. No, God prepares you for that. You just never heard him. By faith, Noah heard him. See, that's... This is so many things, right? By faith, Noah heard God, right? Are you going to hear God today? Are you going to hear God, what he said to you beforehand? All these messages prepare you for what's coming next. And so Noah heard from God, warned of God, of things not seen as yet. And that's why you have that faith, because, you know, I'm going to tell you, God will show you things. You're like, well, I don't see that. Well, you know, you're not God. There's a reason why you don't see what's coming next. God does. But what God wants you to to see is his warning and prepare for what's coming next. Here's the thing about what's coming next. And maybe we'll get to this today. You can't stop what's coming next. See, we're we're so focused on what is it? What's coming next? What is it? What's going to happen next? No, God's saying it's coming. The key for you is prepare for it. That's what I love about God. God's like, in other words, God's like, I got this. It's okay. I'm trying to show you what you need to do to to be able to endure what's coming next. We're not going to stop what's coming next. But prepare for it. So you can get to the other side of it. So you can endure and go through it. How good is God? He's giving you the tools, the ammunition, the the time to prepare for what's going to happen next. Because if he just showed you what's coming next, you wouldn't know what to do anyway. Well, how are we going to handle that? What am I going to do? Well, how are we going to... I'm going to tell you, before you know, the pandemic hit, you wouldn't know what to do. If God showed you that a pandemic was going to hit in March of, of 2020, you were like, when he, if he showed you that back in tw- 2019, what are you going to do? I'm going to go get a shot. A shot from what? There were, hey, there was no shots. There was no vaccine. See what I mean? So what, what are you going to do but God was preparing you. Preparation. I mean, God, that's why I said God is so good. He's, he's preparing because he knows preparation. God would say preparation is key. It's key to establish these things. It's key to finish. It's key to endure. It's key to stay commit, committed. You have to be prepared. In other words, don't get caught off guard. All right, so again, Noah being warned of God, of things not yet seen, moved with fear. I like that. Noah, after he was warned by God, heard from God, he moved. Action. Always understand that, right? You say you have faith, but hey, faith without works are dead. If you have faith towards God, that means it requires your action. So that means preparation requires your action. That means you need to do something. You just sit on these things like God said, oh yeah, God said this is, he's preparing me. Yeah, he's preparing. And then all these messages come. And you've done nothing. But you say you're prepared. No, preparation comes action. Learn this from, from this scripture about Noah. Noah prepared, right? He moved with fear. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. I mean, that is to me, is, I mean, all these things are just so powerful to hear this, Right? 
And again, we read this after the fact, right? We're reading this in Hebrew. But understand, when these things were taking place, you know, Noah, he saved this house, but Noah preached the gospel. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. What do you mean by that? I mean, Noah, guess what? Anyone could have got on that ark other than Noah. Now, he saved this house, but he preached to everyone. So you don't think, hey, that's how God operates. You know, that's what I love about the Lord, my God. You know, God said he is no respecter of person. God's going to put his word out there and whoever responds can receive the benefits. He's not picking and choosing like we think of picking and choosing. Right? Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Hey, you should have got on that ark. Right? But Noah did. He prepared the ark and anyone that heard it, that responded to God could have got on it. See, that's what I mean about the challenges. That's what I mean about the distractions. And I remember the time when our founding pastor was going through Genesis and ministering this, and the question was always asked, would you have got on the ark? Right? Would you, did you, would you have got on the ark? And he said, if you're not putting your hand to the, to the work of the ministry now, you wouldn't have got on the ark either. So understand these things and prepare yourself. And understand that, when I mean understand these things, understand this God warning us. This is God speaking us through, to us during this time. So that we need to prepare. Right? And so we're going to look at like David. And and that's the objective here is examine David and use him as an example. For a self-evaluation for ourselves to see if we're prepared for the challenges. And so when I mentioned before about this message about is there not a cause. And just a few minutes I'm going to take to review here. Again, we talked about a cause. A cause is a reason for an action. You have to have a reason for your action. It's not just doing things just because. There's a reason why we do what we do. And that's what I love about this ministry. We do things on purpose. There's a reason why we do what we do here in this ministry. Learn that. Right? Learn the flow. Learn to stay in the flow. I think y'all just know. It's the flow of God. That's why I said this is a safe place. Those that are tuning in, those that are watching, again, when we open up for in-person services, come in. Get in the flow. You know, don't get caught up with all the other trappings, right? The other things, you know, you know, the music and all. I mean, those things are all well and good. But get in the flow of God, in the Spirit of God, and get into that flow. Because that's where you're going you're gonna to see God move in your life and see the maturity and the change in your life happens. Get into the flow of God. And then stay there. So again, the cause is a reason for action. And in and, and, and the cause, it excuse me the cause is found when you're following God's original instruction and in God's original instruction there's always obedience understand when God gives you a commandment like he by faith Noah being warned by God God doesn't warn Noah just say oh that's you know I just want to tell you something okay thanks we just have a little chit chat no God warned Noah because he expected him to obey it's not a suggestion it's not informational just to give information you know, we love an informational age and technology. We just love to gather information. But what are you doing with it? All the information we get, are you applying it? You have to learn to apply the Word of God in your life to bring forth a change in your life. So that's obedience to the original instruction. And so David, again, is a great example of how he followed the original instructions of his father. His father told him to go out and bring nourishment to his brethren, to his brothers that were in the battle. And that's what David did. 
David followed that instruction. And when David followed that instruction, he ran into the cause. He ran into purpose. And then he was able to respond. All right, so let's go with, with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We'll pick it up there again and kind of recap a little bit. 1 Samuel 17. Starting in verse 12. Now David was the son of that Ephronite of Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And, and the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab the firstborn, and next unto him was Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went in return from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And so we see here that again, that David is on the scene, and he's the youngest of his, of his father's uh, the sons, and his eldest three brothers went out to the battle. And they went out to the battle because they were following Saul. Right? I mean, that's interesting. But David was left to, do his, to keep the sheep based on what his father told him. And so here's the question we asked last time for you, right? Ask yourself this question. Are you ready to follow? Right? Because we see here that... Uh, Jesse's oldest sons, they followed Saul into the battle. They were ready to follow. Are you ready to follow? But then the next question is, are you prepared for the challenge? Right? And again, it's not a play on words. There's a difference between being ready to follow and being prepared for the challenge that lies ahead. See, David's oldest brothers, they were ready to follow Saul, but they weren't prepared for the challenge. Because when Goliath showed up, when distraction showed up for them, when it comes to battle, all of a sudden, they all, they were not prepared for that. They weren't willing to fight Goliath. So again, there's a difference between being ready to follow and being prepared for the challenge. Being ready to follow means you have agreed and recognized there is a cause. Again, being ready to follow. Because a lot of people say, I'm, oh yeah, I can follow that. That just means that you have agreed... And recognize there's a cause. You know, that sounds reasonable. There's a cause. I understand. We need to go out to battle. We need to do this. Yeah, I, I agree to that. I recognize that. But being prepared for the challenge means you are committed to the cause. Right? And the cause, committed to the cause means I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it done. And as long as it takes. See, that's, again, that's what we talk about with commitment. And that's what we've been taught here in this ministry. Commitment is a totally different animal. When you say you're committed, that means you are ready and prepared to do whatever it takes, as long as it takes, to finish. Get on this, understand it. Do whatever it takes, as long as it takes, to finish. That means you're not stopping and starting. You're not getting up and sitting down. You're not whining and complaining because, you know, you thought you were going to do something else and somebody else came along. You know, you got those other issues that are going on. No. 
I'm committed to the cause. Whatever it takes, as long as it takes, I'm going to finish. And so when we talk about the challenge, remember, the challenge is staying focused when facing distractions. The challenge is not the distraction. The challenge is you staying focused when distractions come. Can you stay focused? That shows if you're prepared for the challenges. And then we brought up last time that, again, I know this is about David. At this season in his life, it mentioned that he was the youngest. And it, it keeps me, every time I read it, it always emphasizes he was the youngest. The youngest son. He was the youngest of his brothers. He was the youngest. You know, and why is that important for us? Because understand that young people in this ministry, young adults, you have value. Don't wait to get into the, the battle, right? Don't wait to, to step out there. It's time now. Stay in line with the instructions. And I'm saying young adults, I'm talking about the youth as well. Again, just because you're young does not mean you're not prepared for the challenge. Just because you're young doesn't mean that you can't push through the distractions and, and commit yourself to the cause. So young adults, commit. That's what we're saying to you. Commit. I remember a time when, when there was a teaching was going for from our pastor, and, our, and this has been years ago, and, and they asked about the young adults and said something to young adults saying, all God's looking for is seeing if you're committed. God's looking for commitment from you young adults. This was years ago. Looking for commitment. See, young adults, are you committed? And then can you stay committed to the cause? That's the preparation. So then I talked about how before being prepared for the challenge will expose three things. Three things will be exposed being prepared for the challenge. Your commitment to God your level of sacrifice, and your position with God. It's going to come out. And so the first one we talked about being prepared for the challenge would, will expose your commitment to God. And we said, always remember your commitment, <clears throat> commitment is always to God. Right? That, that's what commitment is about. It is to God. And that means my commitment to God is not based on others being committed. Remember, my commitment is to God. It's not based on whether other people are committed. It's not based on whether other people are, are standing with me or not. It's, not. it's not based on how many we have in this ministry or, or in the work or what we're doing, right? Well, I would get committed if other people be there with me or if we had more than myself, then I would do it. No, that's not commitment. If you need somebody else for you to be committed, that's not commitment. Because remember, your commitment is to God. But they said me and God is the majority. That's all you need. Stay committed to Him. Because why is that so important? That you're not, your commitment is not based on others' commitment. Because other people's commitment changes. And then all of a sudden, their commitment changes, and all of a sudden, you're uh, holding on to them in order for you to be committed. Guess what happened? Now you're going to fall off. And you see that so many times. That's why even in this ministry, we talk about that. You know, we are strengthened by those that stay, and we're strengthened by those that leave. In other words, our commitment doesn't change to God based on who's here and who's not here God is faithful again God's giving the increase so we talked about commitment and, and the thing we brought up last time and just want to bring this out real quick that being committed breeds a level of maturity again being committed breeds a level of maturity and we looked at maturity as well and <clears throat> talked about how maturity is when you have put away childish things 
when you have put away childish attitudes, notice the key thing, there's childish. You have put away childish thoughts, right? You put away childish speaking. That, that shows a level of maturity. And that shows how you are committed. Right? In other words, maturity is seen or demonstrated in your obedience and your response to those that are in delegated authority over you. Maturity is seen or demonstrated in your obedience and in your response to those who are in delegated authority over you. You know, it's one thing responding or it's one thing obeying what was said in the instructions, but, but it's how you respond. You know, we're going to see this with David. You know, it's amazing when this thing came up with Goliath. It's amazing how David responded. David obeyed, but he responded. You never hear David complaining about keeping his father's sheep. You never hear David complaining about his brother's out in battle and then he had to stay at home and, you know, he's why he me and, you know, that, you know, David never complained, never whined about his situation. Never complained. See, that shows a level of maturity. That's what I mean. Even though he was the youngest, he had a level of maturity that, that outstanding, uh, that extended beyond his, uh, his eldest brothers. They had other issues going on. But David had a level of maturity. Even though he was the youngest. He had a maturity with his walk with God. Catch that, right? What do you mean by level of maturity in my walk with God? So people, we, we, a lot of time we spend time complaining to God. About God. About our life. About the choices that we made. And we're complaining to God about it. Acting like a child to God. You know what I mean? I mean, you have that childish attitude towards God. Sometimes we have to have a love maturity with God. What, what can God not ask you for or about to do? In other words, God gives you instructions to do something, and then you go to God like, well, well why me, God? Why don't you ask somebody else to do that? See, that, that shows your love of maturity. Well, God, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to do that right now. I've got other things that's on my agenda that I want to get done. See, that shows your love of maturity. With God. But here's the thing about, about the Lord, right? And I say this over and over again. God's program is going to get done. With you or without you. God's giving you an opportunity. Never forget that. God's giving you a brand new opportunity to participate. But understand, if you don't participate, His program is going on. The ministry shall continue to go on. With you or without you. That's God's work. It's God's work. But God is so good, He's giving me opportunity so you can put your hands to it. So why are we complaining about the work of God? The ministry of God? See, that's a level of maturity that you don't have. So then, you, again, going back to asking yourself these questions, these self-evaluation, who are you committed to? And are you committed to God? See, let's look at, look at David's commitment here, right? We'll jump down. We left off on verse 15 in 1 Samuel 17. But we'll jump down. We'll get to a place where... This is starting in verse 29 of the same chapter. This is after things had transpired. After David went into the... Saw his brothers and then Goliath showed up. And David saw Goliath for the first time. And Goliath said some things. And David's wondering, why are we not coming against this uncircumcised Philistine? 
And then his brother says something to him. And, and then here's David's response from his brother saying things to him in verse 29. He says, And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another. I like this. And spake after the same manner. And the people answered him after the former manner. I mean, David's like, is it not? A, he's trying to ask those that are in battle, like, is it not a cause? Why, why are you so afraid of this uncircumcised Philistine that's coming to defy the armies of the living God? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason for action? But see, David was prepared for all the challenges. He was prepared to stay focused. Verse 31. And then, and so, and when the words were heard, which David spake, um, they rehearsed them before Saul. And he sent for him. So now all of a sudden, Saul, the king, heard that this boy, this youth, started talking. Right? And he wanted to say, okay, let's, let's see who this is. And then David said unto Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. This shows David's commitment. I love how David said this, right? He's talking to the king. He's telling the king, you, you think, it, you know, it's like, is this a younger talking or is this the king talking? You think it should, the role should be reversed. But David is telling the king that let no man's heart fail them because of him. And then David says, he is thy servant. He's telling the king, I'm your servant. He said, I will go. I love this. I will go. We ain't talking about going. David said, I'm going to go and I'm going to fight with this Philistine. David's not saying he's going to go and negotiate with him. Because, yeah, you know, that's how we are sometimes, too, when it comes to God's commandments, right? When God asks us to do something. You know, sometimes God wants you to go and actually complete the task. Not talk about completing the task, not negotiating what we're going to do and what we're not going to do, or how we can't do it this way. You know how we can be. It's amazing. The task is so simple. Just go do it. Why do we have all these negotiations? So David went and he said, I'm going to go and fight with the Philistine. Now here's King Saul's response to David as a youth. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine. Oh, that was a vote of, vote of confidence. The king said, You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight. Why? For thou art but a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. Now, my mind is here, right? I'm just, you know, I think about these things, right? Here it is that Saul should have heard himself what he just said. In other words, you just said that David's not able to go against this Philistine because he's just a youth. Then what's stopping you from going against this Philistine? Because you're a man. Why are you going to send a boy to do what a man's job? And then use that for an excuse for why he shouldn't go. But what about the excuse for why you wouldn't go See, you know, in these passages of Scripture, you know, you, in all things that, that Saul responded, Saul, Saul never said why he didn't go, other than they were all afraid. But what was he afraid of? Why was King Saul afraid of Goliath? But now you're going to put your bondage on this, on this boy. 
Because he's like, I ain't afraid of him. Remember, that's what David said, right? He said, let no man's heart fail them because of him. See, he was prepared for the challenge. He was prepared to do something as a young adult, as a youth, that the men weren't prepared to do. He's already prepared. And David said unto Saul, verse 34, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. Now, now here David's now giving the king justification of why he is prepared. Right? And again, I said, he said, I love these things. You know something? David didn't have to get into this. He really didn't. But he going to now to tell the king why he was prepared. He said, again, thy servant kept his father's sheep. Notice in these statements, right? David called himself the servant of the king, but then he called himself his father's son. What, what, what's, so, what's so catchy about that? David stayed under, under, under authority. See, my commitment to God, man, preparing for the challenge, I have to always stay under authority. And what I love about David, David was able to, David, because, again, this is a child. You don't see a child, this is a youth. You know, David was able to separate him being the king's servant and his father's son. And there was no conflict with that. Understand, he still did what his father told him to do, but he still can operate under the king, being the king's uh, servant. In other words, David didn't say, well, you know, I would, but my daddy told me that I had to go keep this sheep. But it went for that. I, I'll take the life out. Go talk to my father. You know, David never said, go talk to my dad. Ask my dad, can I go and, and, and fight with Goliath? He never said that. See, something else we learn in this ministry, right, when it comes to relationships we have with God. You know, you can tell those that have a parent-pleasing relationship. Again, for those young adults, right? Versus that have, those that have a real relationship, I'm saying a real relationship with God, for themselves. Why, when it comes to the things of God, now all of a sudden you've got to go talk to your parents? I'm just, I'm just curious about that. When it comes to the things of God. Now, natural things, you know, you don't want to hear any of your parents' counsel for that. But when it comes to the things of God, oh, I got, oh, me, I need to go talk to my, my, my parents about that. When God has told you to put your hands to this ministry, young adults, you, put your hands to this ministry. You bring value now. Put your hands to the ministry. But your excuse for why? Oh, I need to go talk to my parents. And your parents say, put your hands to the ministry. Just like I'm putting my hands to the ministry. So David was able to separate that from being the servant of the, of the king, but then he's his father, keeping his father's sheep. And then he said, there came, verse 34, there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. <laughs> and I went out after him <laughs> and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I called him by his beard and smote him and slew him. I mean, David is a man. I tell you, I, I just, when you read these things, it's, I'm telling you, you love to slow down. Just read the scripture. Let, let that illuminate to you, right? David, like, he got mad at the lion and the bear. 
David said, wait a minute, you took something from me, right, that I'm supposed to keep my father's sheep. You took the sheep, and David said, I went and took the sheep out of his mouth. Now, guess what? The lion and bear, when, they, when, that, when he took that sheep out of that, that uh, lion and bear's mouth, right, the, sheep, I mean, the lion and bear could have just left. But notice what David said. They rose up against me. Like, he got mad, like, no, you didn't. So now I'm going to take you out. Right? If the bear and lion would just said, hey, you can have this. I'll get something else to eat. They would, they would have still been carrying on. But no, they rose up against David. And when he rose up against me, I caught him by the beard and I smote him and slew him. Right? You know, why? You know, I spend time going through this because it's so important to me. Is David, David stayed on purpose. All David was trying to do was recover the, 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 the lamb. But here comes the challenge. Here comes the distractions, right? Here, here comes me staying, get me out of my focus. When the, now the lion and the bear rose up against him. In other words, reality happened. And you see how David responds. He didn't grab the lamb and run. He said he smote him. Killed him. What are you trying to say? What? If, like I said, if, it's like it's, with David, there's, <clears throat> there's no wasted effort with David. In other words, if all I, came, all I come to do is get the line, I mean, get the, the lamb. If you give me the lamb, we're good. If you don't give me the lamb and you come against me, then we're, I'm going to still get the lamb, but now you finna take it out. In other words, David didn't go and just kill a lion and a bear. You know, we read these things like, oh, David, he's showing off. He just, you know, why you had to kill him? Because they rose up against me. See, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a purpose what David's doing. Verse 36, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine, back to what he was talking about with King Saul, this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing why he has defied the armies of the living God. Again, don't forget what we're talking about. This shows David's commitment to who? God. He said that uncircumcised Philistine is going to be just like the lion and the bear was. Because this uncircumcised Philistine has defied the armies of the living God. And David said moreover, here's David's statement about his commitment to God. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Notice that statement by David, right? He states where his commitment is to God. The Lord that delivered me Right. In other words, David didn't say, I did it. Look how great I am. The Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear. He said, the same Lord that delivered me before, he will. He, not he might, he kind of, I'm not sure. I got to go pray about it. I need it. No, he said he will. Deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. David didn't go ask God about this. David didn't go pray about this. David already knew that, hey, God will deliver me. I'm telling you, that's preparation. 
when you prepare for the challenge, you already know what God is going to do. Because you're prepared. You, you have, you've had previous experience with God. You know God and you know His track record. You know how God operates. You know when you're in the purpose and will of God, God's, God's going to do what He's going to do. See, going back to the things that we talked about, you know, is my heart prepared? That's what I mean. It's amazing to me how, that's what I mean by life, things happen. How, how God is showing you through the things in life, how He's been there with you throughout your life. How His grace has kept you. Constantly, consistently. How it's caused you to continue to move forward and press forward. So when the challenges of life come, God's like, I'm here, I'm there. You can do this. You can endure. You can push through. You can overcome this. And then you get to a place in your life, and David got to a place in his, in his life early on as a youth, that he knows that God is with him. God is with him. But he knew the Lord is with him. That's how you prepare for the challenges. I know God is with me. Why am I going to be afraid when I know God is with me? What, what do I have to fear? God is with me. Like he said, whoever is on the Lord's side, God is with me. Church of living water, God is with us. So what God has called us to do, what God is preparing us to for what is next, we're more than able to finish it. To establish His will. Because God is with us. But that's something you gotta, you gotta, you have to, He knew this. There was no hesitation with David when it came to Goliath. That showed his level of commitment. That showed that he prepared for the challenge. Again, that's why I said that goes beyond you just acknowledging that there's a cause. But that's how, that's how you committed to whatever it takes for me to do this, I'm able to do it. For as long as it takes. Because God is with me. That, that's, how, that's how we can arise and build. That's how we can stay wall builders and stay on the wall. Because God is with us. That's, that's how we know we can restore this generation. Because God is with us. Stay Focus. Stay focused on God. And he knew this as a youth. He was prepared. He showed his commitment to God. Verse 38. I'm sorry, 37. Again, he said, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And now Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. And whenever I read this, I'm like, that is the classic religious answer. You know, I'm wondering, I'm like, what, I, I wonder, tonight, what did King Saul believe was going to happen? Because before you said he was just a, a youth. And you're going to send that boy out there, like I said, to do a man's work. You just send that boy out there to die. I mean, what? I'm, my mind thinks, what did you really, what, I wonder what Saul really meant. What he really thought. Did he truly believe, David, that the Lord be with him? Or was he like, hey, you're going to see, somebody going to get sacrificed today? He didn't say, I'm going to go with you. He said, the Lord, the Lord be with you. And see, again, all this, hearing these things, right? David never want, David never asked nobody to go with, David never asked for no backup, no help, 
know nothing. He stood. That's what I mean. When you're committed to God, you can stand alone. And that is so important. My commitment to God, I, can, I don't need others to be committed for me to be committed to God. David was able to stand alone. But here's my thing. Why wouldn't Saul, where was the conviction of the Lord on Saul? You see, at this point, Saul should have said, that's okay, David, I'm going. We're going to take out Goliath. Well, I'm going to take out. Never hit. He said, let the Lord be with you. And then now, here comes Saul. Saul armed David with his armor. Oh, we thank you, Saul. We'll give me your armor. You're going to give the armor of a, of a man, put it on a, a youth, a boy. And put his helmet and brass upon his head. And he also armed, armed him with a coat of mail. Again, verse 39. And David girded his sword upon his armor and his assayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said to him, so I cannot go with, this, with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off of him. So now David took off that armor that Saul had gave him. He said, I ain't proved this. In other words, David's talking about when I, hey, when, when it comes to me following God's, you know, I, I go with God as, as, you know, like I said, dance with the one that brought you. I'm going to go with what God has equipped me with. What I have proved. See, again, we're talking about preparation. In order to be prepared, that means you have to be skilled. And what, is, what does it mean by being skilled? That means you have to be trained. Right? That's preparation. You just say, hey, David, David was not just going against Goliath and just winging it. I just figured out when I get out there. You know, Goliath shows up, hey, we just, what are we going to do? I don't know. I, I, when I get, no. David was skilled. He was trained. He knew exactly what, David knew exactly what he was going to use to defeat Goliath. No, I said being prepared for the challenge will expose three things. We're talking about commitment to God. But it will, again, I said also it's going to expose your sacrifice or what you're willing to sacrifice. But it's also going to expose your position with God. And what I mean by your position with God is what God has already shown you is that's what you're going to carry forward. In other words, God has already prepared you in, in his work, in his, in his ammunition. He's already given what you needed. And I can stay with that. I'm not looking for anything else. David was not looking for anything else. That shows his position with God. He was prepared already. He was already in position. You know, David didn't have to go get ready for the battle. David was already ready. Don't miss these things. He had to go get ready. That means, again, my position with God, I'm already ready. I'm already there. I'm already in the moment. David was there. He's in the moment. His position with God was already set. He already had a previous experience with God. He was, he was prepared. His heart was prepared. He was committed. Let's go get this done. He already knew what armor he was going to use to defeat Goliath. Because it's the same armor he had used before. And he took off, verse 40, and he took off, I'm sorry, and he took his staff, excuse me, in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of a brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. <clears throat> and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistines. See, David already had this. Oh, man. I mean, I don't know. It just, 
I, that's why I just, I, I just love, I don't know, I, I love going through the Word of God because it's just, like I said, David amazes me. He, he really does. Remember, he, <clears throat> he came to this, <clears throat> he got here because his father sent him to go and, and bring food for his brother. But he brought his, his bag with him. You know, that's preparation, right? You just, hey, you never know what I may have to, you know. Like I said, you never know when God's going to show up. So I'm staying prepared. Again, I'm, I'm doing what my father asked me to do, but I'm still staying prepared for whatever God wants me to do while I'm there. In other words, you know, you, when it comes to ministry, you may go for one reason for something, events, or do something for one reason, but God says, while you're here, I want you to do this. And then here's your thing. Oh, God, I wasn't prepared for that. But God, but God ahead of time said, prepare yourself. So you think you're going to do something else, but God's like, no, prepare yourself, because when you're there, I want you to do this. But if you're not prepared, <clears throat> if you didn't, bring your, <clears throat> you didn't bring your armor, you didn't have your back, hey, David was ready. Oh, David was like, you're not going to call, hey, David was like, you're not going to catch me uh, unprepared. Especially ready for a fight. They were like, I'm ready to fight now. I'm always ready for the fight. So that means he had to sling one. He had to go, oh, I got to go back home. I left it at the house. I got to go back to the house, get my sling. I got to go find me some, some, you know, some stone. See, by the time you did all that, hey, the thrill is gone. The battle's over. You know, God's like, by the time you do all that, God been on raising somebody else to go finish what he called him to do. Saying, that's one thing. Here's the thing that's so amazing to me. I'm telling you, stay prepared. You know, one thing encouraged me, and I'll just say this and move on. I'm trying my best to move on, but God is just, God is just so good. One thing that really encouraged me, I, again, we had went to Shana Etheridge's uh, father's funeral, and at the ceremony, again, they had a musical selection. And so, again, you know, we're sitting, sitting there, we're waiting for someone to come up. They played a song, we're waiting for someone to come up and sing. Because, again, that's just how we remember how we do when you got music selection, somebody's going to sing it. But it was just a, just a song being played. But here's the thing that encouraged me. I heard those that were with us in our group, they were singing. They were singing the song. And then afterwards I heard them say, you know, I, I could have did, I was prepared, I could have sung. You know, then they hardly was prepared. Again, that's what I'm saying. You're in the moment. All of a sudden, the opportunity arises, and then God speaks to you. I got this. They were singing. They were singing loud enough where, you know, we were at different uh, locations in the room and the facility, and I can hear them singing. And again, it is what it is. I'm not saying we needed it. I'm not saying they had to have someone stand. I'm just saying it's, it's amazing. Catch what I'm saying. It's a preparation. Prepare. That's what I mean. You know, you, I'm telling you, I've, I've, I've learned that in this ministry. Whenever, I'm, whenever we're going to do things for the work of the Lord, I've got to be prepared for whatever comes. I've got to be prepared. Because you go there and you have one goal and one mission, and then you get there, all of a sudden something else shows up. And then you are here, and then all of a sudden God says, we need, you, know, you have to do this. But you're like, well, how are we prepared to do that? God's like, yeah, but I was telling you to prepare yourself before you got there. 
I warned you about those things. But again, those individuals, they were ready to sing. And they were singing. They came prepared. That encouraged me. You know, and that's what I mean about, hey, come always prepared. Come prepared. Because again, you never know what God is going to do in your midst while you're there. Never know. Come prepared. We learn these things in ministry. Prepare yourself. So David was prepared. He had a position with God already. He was in position already. He wasn't having to get up and get in position. David was in position already. So, like I said, being prepared for the challenge will show you your. your, your will, I'm sorry, now show you. Will expose your commitment to God. It will expose your level of sacrifice, and it will expose your position with God. And we see all this with David. We see his commitment to God. We see his level of sacrifice. David was willing to sacrifice his life. Again, not he already said, "I'm going to God's going to deliver him," but he was willing to sacrifice his life. Now, don't get this twisted. He was willing to sacrifice his life. He was willing to sacrifice. And then it shows his position with God. That he was not only ready to go, but he was prepared, skilled, and trained to fight and defeat Goliath. With what God had already proved to him to use as tools. He was ready for that. Saying, learn, we can learn a lot. This, again, this is a, a child, a youth. I keep saying the child is a youth. You can learn a lot from David. So let me talk about what happens when we miss, miss it. Because that's the thing about it too, right? We, we see that David was prepared for the challenge. But you know, like I said, the reality of life, sometimes we miss it. You know, what do we mean by we miss it? We, the, you know, the challenge or the distraction comes and we're not ready for it. We miss it. So again, we're going to look at David. Very common passage of scripture around David. How when the distraction came, he wasn't prepared for the challenge. Look at this in Second Samuel chapter 11. Second Samuel chapter 11. Again, that was seeing David as a, as a youth. Now... Now we're going to see David. Now he is king, right? Now he's in the throne. You know, Goliath is old news. And now guess what? Life has happened. Now this time he went from being a, a, you know, a, a youth to now he is a grown, a grown man with wives, with children. Again, life has happened. And so now let's see what happens when the challenge comes. Distractions come. Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him in all of Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Now, this is the key, right? At the time when King Fulcet went to battle, right, David didn't go. So here it is, right? Remember, the challenge is to come to, to get you off of focus. 
The focus at this time was the time you're supposed to be in battle as a king. The king's supposed to go to battle. Instead of the king, David, going to battle, he sent somebody else to go. And notice what happened. Because the king didn't go, did, did they get defeated? No. I keep telling you, God's plan is going to go on with you or without you. Right? He said, David sent Joab and his servants with all of Israel, and they destroyed. And they, without David, destroyed all of Israel. I mean, destroyed the children of Amnon. And besieged Robert. I mean, the victory was still theirs. But guess what, David? Now you got consequences to pay because you were out there in the battle. You got distracted. It took you off of God's plan and instruction. Because at this time, it was your instruction to go out to battle. He did not. Understand this. Whenever you are distracted, it is always, you are always distracted by your flesh. Never forget that. Your distractions, you know, we're talking about the challenge is not your distractions, but what comes to get you distracted, to get you off focus, is going to be your flesh. Right? That's all proper English, right? It is going to be your flesh. Your flesh is going to get you distracted. Verse 2, And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from his bed. Okay, he had a good nap while he was out there, you know, battling. He arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of his king's house. And the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. I mean, come on. You know, reading these things like, wait a minute, David. First of all, why you weren't in battle? And then you got up, rose from your bed in the evening time, right, off of his bed. And you guess you can't sleep. And then you walk in upon the, the, the house and he saw this woman washing. Now, there's one thing seeing a woman washing, right? But then he said the woman was very beautiful to look upon. You know, why, why is this significant? You know, you know, you can see something, but to recognize how beautiful it was, you must have looked at it for a while. I mean, you can glance and see something, but, but to recognize its beauty and take on, you know, I mean, hey, it's more than just a glance. Right? Again, that's your, that's your flesh. That's your lust. Your lust will always get you distracted. Right? That's, that's, that's life. That's when life happens. Life happens when your lust starts taking over. And now, why am I taking over? When your lust starts driving your decision-making process. That's when life happens. And now David has, life has happened, now all of a sudden, his lust is driving his decision-making process. Hey, there's nothing wrong with him going to the top of the roof and you know, taking a stroll and seeing something, but he, how do you notice how, how beautiful she is? You looked at her for a while. And then after you looked at her for a while, here we go. Every man is drawn away by his own lust, and when lust is conceived, right, then bring her forth sin. Right? Now here comes the sin, right? And David, verse 3, sent and inquired about the woman. I mean, that's just too much. And one said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? I mean, now here it is. Now you're acquired about it, but now the key phrase to me is not the, uh, Bathsheba, her name, or the daughter, but the wife part. 
This is somebody else's wife. And David sent messengers and took her. I mean, did you just hear that about this was somebody else's wife? See, I'm saying these all these things could have been avoided if you would have been in battle. If you would have been where God has called you to be in a time when God has called you to do it. See, that's why, I'm, again, I'm harping on talking about the young adults, right? Because you better stay focused on where God has placed you at in the time God has placed you there. I'll say it again. Stay focused where God has placed you at at the time where God has placed you there. Stay there. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you move away from where God has placed you at, the only thing that's going to get you to move away is your lust. And once you do that, now you're going to stay. You're going to get to a place where you're not prepared anymore. And your lust is going to drive you towards something else. And it's going to get you to a place where now you are out of position. And then next thing you know, the next thing you know is you're going to act on your lust. And then you're going to try to justify your lust. Like David did. And then, there's consequences to pay for your lust. But get this, while you're doing all that, God's program is still going on. What I mean by that, the ministry is still going forward. See, that's what I mean by God is faithful. God's work's going to go on. Don't be distracted from by your lust. You have to keep yourself focused. That's why you got to be a heart prepared. You got to commit yourself to the cause. There are so many distractions that are out there. Again, this was this daily distraction this time, but hey, you know what your distraction is. Oh, I'm not sure my distraction. It's your lust. It's your ambitions, your desire. It, it could be you pursuing a certain kind of career. Or you pursuing a certain kind of, you know, lifestyle. Oh, that's your lust. When God has called you in this place, at this time, to put your hand to the ministry. Here's the thing I don't understand, and I, and I love how God addresses David, right? Is we think because if we don't, uh, if we don't go after our lust, then we won't, have, we won't get anything. Well, I, I'm going to miss out. That's what I'm, I'm trying to I'm going to miss out on this. I'm going to miss out on that. You know, how to say this, right? I know I'm not going to say it right, but some things you need to miss out on. Some things are just not good for you. There's things in your life that you, do, you need to miss out on. Oh, brother, I'm not hearing any of that. I, I want what my lust There's some things you need to miss out on. There are some appointments you don't need to make. Learn it. Learn to hear from God. See, that's why I mean. If you stay with God's plan, you stay with His obedience, you stay with His instruction, stay with His flow. Like we talk about the flow, the flow of the Lord. Stay in His course. Oh my goodness! You'll stand before God and God say, "Now I'm gonna show you all the things that you avoided because you stayed on the course." <clears throat> Remember, we're talking about finishing your course, right? Stay in the course. And we're so concerned about what we're going to miss out on. You know, all the things that I hear about the Apostle Paul, he never talked about what he missed out on. 
you know, being an unmarried man. It never talked about he missed out on having a wife, having children. You see, he counted it all loss for the excellency of knowing Christ. He counted those things as done. You know, he, the things that he did achieve, accolades he got, he counted all that done. Nothing. You know, we are so concerned about what we're going to miss out on. But in David's case, God, God addressed David first. Hey, God, like, and this is how some of us are too, I'm telling you. God, God addressed David told David, hey, look, you got wise, man. Why are you going after this woman? That doesn't even belong to you. You got women. Hey, you looked up and saw another. Why, why you know, hey, when you got up, don't you go, go look up and go meet with some of the other wives you got at the house? You had women. Why you want another man's wife? All right, that, that brings up a whole other conversation, a whole other teaching. You know, that's, that's the illicit sex, right? The things that are forbidden, right? That, the thing that, brought, that brings the lust, the, the excitement, right? In, a, in, a, in other words, instead of drinking from your own cistern. David had wives. Why you want another wife? That's the last thing you need is another woman. But it's our lust. See, that's what I mean by how are you prepared for the, the challenges. Are you prepared to stay focused? There are issues in our life that we need to resolve. And why I mean issues in our life? There are issues in your heart that you need to resolve. You know, some of you brothers, I'll just say, some of you brothers, you need to stop chasing these women. Stop. Focus. Some of you brothers out there, you need to stop chasing women and settle down. What do you mean by settle down? You know exactly what I mean by settle down. Settle down. Stop looking for the perfect woman. Because guess what? The perfect woman is not out there. And if she is, she's not looking for you because you're imperfect. Settle down. Because all that is doing is distracting you from the purpose and plan God has for you at this time. And when it comes to your career, some of y'all, sort of issue about your career. You know, your career, right? What you want to do, what you see yourself doing in the next five, ten years. You, you know what kind of student you are. Right? You, 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 hey, you know, you know you. You know how you played around and you messed around in college or didn't go to college. You messed around in high school. You know you. But you want all these other things but without the discipline it takes to get them. Settle that issue. Go on with God. Again, there's some things that just have passed. Settle that. You know, some of you ex-athletes, you know, I said ex-athletes, that time is gone. Forever. You keep living your body, I tell you, you know, you can't do what you used to do in high school. Those times have passed. And here you are caught up in those things, pursuing things that have gone. They're unfruitful, but here we are, God's trying to prepare you for what God has called you to do in ministry. But you can't stay focused. And even for some of the, the older men, right? I don't know what it is about, you know, like some of midlife crisis. Or I don't know about old men thinking they still got, brother, let this go, man. You ain't got it no more. And if you thought you had it back in the day, you didn't have it. Settle that issue. 
you know, these midlife crisis. I don't know what a midlife crisis is. I mean, you call up with the world. All of a sudden, now you're just so focused, I'm, I'm going to get my, it's my time. Please. What about God? Now you got a place in your life where you know, hey, you, you know, you got grandchildren. Right? Some of you got great-grandchildren. But you're still acting like you're in your 20s and 30s. Instead of focusing on your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Speaking things in their life pertaining to the things of God. That's eternal. You don't pick up brand new hobbies. Come on now. But ain't picked this up yet. See, that's what, that's what I mean. Settle those issues. That's how you prepare yourself for the challenges to come. I'm telling you, life is funny. It, it changes in the instant. I'm telling you, you one doctor's coming away from your whole life changing. You one checkup away from they saying, we saw something. Then all of a sudden, then all changes in. Then, then everybody gets really, oh God. Oh God, oh Lord Jesus. And God's like, I've been, I, hey, I prepared you for this. Learn from these examples. Because at this time when David missed it, he had to repent before God. I love that David repented. And then guess what? David moved on. With God. And it said David never committed this again, this sin again. That's true repentance. See, I don't want to give the impression that if you miss it, if you miss, uh, you get distracted and don't finish what you're supposed to do, that it's all over for you. No, I'm not. I don't want to give you the impression at all. Get up and move forward. Press on. There, let me tell you something. As long as you're on this side, there's still work to be done. I thank God for that. Because I'm going to tell you personally, I've missed plenty of times. I have missed it. Plenty of times. I've missed it. But I got back up, repented to God, and kept going forward. Because I'm still here. There's still work to be done. I still hold on to this scripture, right? I occupy until he comes. And when I'm going occupy, I'm occupy on God's purpose until he comes. I'm going to stay prepared. Look at David's response here. When he was confronted. Second Samuel <clears throat> chapter twelve verse thirteen. And this is after the prophet said some things to David, Nathan, and then David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. How be it? Because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed unto his house. And the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare to David. And it was very sick. And David therefore besought God for the child. And David fasted and went in and laid all night upon the earth. But you know, this child died. 
there's consequences. You know, here's the thing about this child. I think, I mean, so many stuff. They never said the name of this child. I thought it was so interesting. I'm like, what was the name of this? The name of this child, there was never a name given to this child. But David got up and guess what? He went into Bathsheba and they had a child and called Solomon. David continued on. And Solomon was the one that carried on the legacy. If David would have quit here after this and said, I'm done. I, and again, Solomon has an issue, but Solomon has his own issues. But I'm just saying, the point of what David, he continued on. David got up, went into Bathsheba. They had a child. He moved, uh, David, he moved on. I'm telling you, when you miss it, get up. Move forward. Again, that's what I'm talking about being prepared for the challenges, right? Even when you miss it, even when you get distracted, when you get off focus, it's time now to repent, get yourself aligned, and let's move forward. Because God has a work for you to do. God has a work for you to do. Notice I said that God has a work for you to do. And when, when I mean by God has a work for you to do, that means you have value. But you got to put your hands to it, to the work. And that's God's expectation for you to continue on. I tell you, we talk about repentance. Repentance is a good thing. Thank God that God grants us repentance so we can, we can repent and go on. Now you think about this. You know, I, me and my wife, we have several conversations. But one conversation I, I have with her here recently, again, the older you get, you think about these things. But think about if... Your, you know, your forefathers that you may never even met wouldn't have went on. Then would you still be here? You know what I mean by that? Everybody has a story. You know, we don't understand our great, 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 great grandfather, great, great, great grandmother. We don't know what decisions, choices they made. We don't know where they were. What about them? And here we are now in our, in our season of our life, the time of our life now. And God has given us a choice to make. Choose ye day who you're going to serve. See, I don't want to be the, you know, stand before God and God said, well, you know, if you would have just went on, boom, this would have happened. But you stopped. So guess what? Here's your consequences, and that's what happened. But if you would have went on, but since you didn't go on, somebody else went on, and boom, boom, you know, I'm like, Lord, I missed you that. Get up. Move forward. Let me tell you, there's others that got up and moved forward from whatever situation they was going through. You'll be surprised what people deal with. What people had to endure before we even got here on the scene. Before you was in a twinkle in your, your parents' eye, right? Before you even known, even before your parents were twinkling in their parents' eye. There's things that people have endured for this time. It's time for us to endure. It's time for us to go forward. Let's finish the work that God has called us to do in this time we are in now. And the way we're going to do that is we have to be prepared for the challenges. We have to stay focused. Pandemic or not, or whatever else is coming next, stay focused. Again, God is a faithful God. 
you know, these are these times of the, in the, the messages and the ministry, and there's more things that I have, but, you know, I said what I need to say today. But these are the times, again, take these things to heart. The first scripture we read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, where it said, God warned Noah. By faith, God warned Noah. Understand, these are the warnings that God has given us in this ministry. Those that are part of this ministry. Those that are streaming or listening in, right? God is warning us. He's preparing us for what's coming. Take the counsel, make the change, and apply it now. Don't wait. Don't wait for others to do it. You don't need nobody else to join forces with you. If you have to do it alone, do it alone. Settle those issues, right? Repent from those issues that you need to repent from. Settle those issues when it comes to your lust. I'm telling you, that's going to drive you away. That's going to pull you distracted every time. It's those weights, the lust. Settle those things. Be consistent in hearing the Word of God. And consistently applying it. You know, catch the family life class. I'm telling you, the things we're talking about now around marriages and the frustration of marriages, you know, things that have been taught around spirit, soul, and body, hear this counsel and apply it. See, this is how you stay prepared. Because when God shows up and that moment in time, hey, when, like I said, Goliath is now you're faced with, it's, it's too late to get prepared in. It's too, too late to say, where's my sling? Uh, anybody got some stones? I hadn't threw this thing in a long time. It's been a while since I... You and you going down. Stay prepared. God is faithful. God is faithful. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.com.